This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on the program today, I will sit down with Scott Schmidt from Dakota Wesleyan University to talk about its new Learn and Earn program. Plus, Brooke Coima from Hope Haven will sit down to discuss how the organization has weathered through the COVID-19 pandemic. Brooke, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always nice to have someone back in the studio face-to-face. I've mentioned this before. And let's just put it this way. Last year and this year was just different in general. It has been different. But before we get to that, let's talk about Hope Haven. What is your organization all about? Hope Haven is a nonprofit organization that provides services and support for people with disabilities. Um, our services are comprehensive. We have a really big umbrella, so we do a lot of different things that cover a lot of aspects of a person's life. That's vocational, so connecting people with job opportunities, housing, so that's direct care in, in homes. Um, we have an international ministries program, um, so we do a lot of different things. Um, and. Individual choice is really key in all of our services, Mm -hmm. empowering people to have a productive life of their choosing in their own communities. What about people that benefit from this program? So when people come in to Hope Haven, what is their number one priority that they're looking for from you guys? Yeah, so it really varies based on individual need. Um, Our largest service program at the moment is community living. We have over 60 community living residences in Northwest Iowa and Southwest Minnesota. But like I said, it really varies based on that person's needs. And our international ministries program has their distribution center in Sioux Falls. And that program has delivered over 130,000 wheelchairs in 109 countries. So, and they estimate that there are millions of people around the world who still need a wheelchair and can't access one. So that program has a really great need and a lot of people tap into that and and work with us on that program. So I, I should have mentioned in the beginning that this is part of the Sioux Empire. So you have a location in Iowa. Yes. And then is there also an office located in Sioux Falls? Yeah. So our headquarters are in Rock Valley, Iowa, but our international ministries is headquartered in Sioux Falls. And you were talking about the wheelchair ministry yep. just now. How many wheelchairs, just so I can figure that out, how many wheelchairs would you say you distribute a year? It really depends. Anywhere between 2,000 to 5,000 wheelchairs, probably. Can you talk about some experiences that people have had with Hope Haven? So our organization was founded in 1964, so there's a lot of history there. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people, especially in the Sioux Empire, have been on a trip with us or they have volunteered at one of our wheelchair workshops. And that basically uh, working in a wheelchair workshop entails refurbishing wheelchairs that are donated. So if someone has a wheelchair that they no longer use, they'll donate it to our organization and we, our volunteers will refurbish it to like new and then it'll be donated to someone in need. So locally people help us refurbish those wheelchairs. And then there's also opportunities for people to go on trips with us to places like Vietnam and Guatemala and Romania and be a part of that process where they're personally giving a wheelchair to somebody in need. So those are some really great experiences. There's so many stories, but when you're there in that country and you're, you're seeing the person get that life-changing gift of a wheelchair, it's, 
it's really incredible. It's probably really rewarding for you on your end just to see it all unfold. Definitely. It's the whole, you see the whole process right there. Things have changed with COVID-19 too, and there really isn't an area that hasn't been affected in some way. Nonprofits and organizations like Hope Haven especially have been hurting during this difficult time. Yeah, things really were put on pause with that. We had one of our last trips in March, and then things really came to a halt on that. Behind the scenes, we were still collecting wheelchairs, and our volunteers were safely working when they could on, on refurbishing them. But yeah, we didn't have a lot of trips last year, so we're excited when things start opening back up to, to get back out there and and get those wheelchairs distributed to people in those countries. So, When COVID first became a reality, what were your thoughts personally and as an organization? Yeah, wow. Difficult time for everyone, especially in our nonprofit and what we do. Locally, we provide direct care, so that's super challenging because the, the work that we do that way doesn't stop and people can't work from home. And then our wheelchair ministry just all of those trips being paused and it, yeah, it's really difficult, but our, I would say our leadership was really innovative and coming up with solutions and all of our employees, it was such a team effort of following all those procedures and being a really united front in order to come through it all. But yeah, what a, what a difficult, strange time. Don't remember my exact reaction, but just really not sure how to take that all in because so new for everyone. I know. And we're all still trying to process this year in general, too. And you already just said this. How did your team act to the pandemic and what was the plan going forward? Our team really acted and collaborated to come up with those safety procedures in terms of all of our different service programs, whether that be local or international, like pausing some of those trips. Mm-hmm. Um And then on our fundraising aspect of things with our events, you know, figuring out, oh, do we cancel this? Do we reschedule it? So that was an interesting thing to navigate all of those challenges. When you did eventually, because for the most part, yeah, because of COVID, all those events that were planned were canceled or postponed. So what were just some of the events that were canceled last year for Hope Haven? Well, we have a Rock and Roll for Hope event that's at the Country Club in Sioux Falls every March. That was canceled. And then we had a couple other concert events that take place in the spring that were canceled. Thankfully, we were able to hold some of our summer events that are out, were outside. Mm-hmm. The ones that we postponed, we did have in the summer and the fall, but they just looked different, right? Less people there, mm-hmm. mask safety procedures like that. So we were able to pivot with some of those events. But yeah, it was just a challenging thing to restructure those events. But so a few of them were canceled. A few of them were restructured and postponed. If you are just listening, Brooke from Hope Haven, she is joining me in the studio. How crucial are these events and fundraisers for an organization like Hope Haven? Fundraising events are huge for us. We have you know, about a dozen events throughout the year. So events are a huge part of our fundraising efforts. So, and not only is it a great way for us to raise funds, but it's just a great way to get the community involved and aware of what we do. Um, It connects people with volunteering opportunities. So there's just a number of ways that events are really critical to our fundraising efforts. Absolutely. And just like events like the auction and other programs you put on at Hope Haven, you need help. So what are volunteer opportunities that are offered at Hope Haven? 
Yeah, there's a number of different ways that people can volunteer and get involved with Hope Haven. Um, we have a list of all of those on our website, hopehaven.org slash volunteer. And it, you know, it depends on the location that you're at. But in Sioux Falls specifically, we have opportunities to help at our, our Sioux Falls headquarters, our international ministries. So you can get involved by helping refurbish those wheelchairs. You can also help us load up for shipments, organize. There's administrative tasks. So there's a lot of information on our website about how you can help out that way and sign up. For more information, you've set the website already a couple of times, more information about Hope Haven. Remind everyone the website. Yeah, check out hopehaven.org for more information on all of our events. All right, awesome. Brooke Koima with Hope Haven. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. When approaching a highway construction zone, slow down. I am Trooper Devon Clark of the South Dakota Highway Patrol. Always slow down to at least the posted speed limit when going through a construction zone. That way you can protect those working on the highways and you can be prepared to stop if necessary. And slowing down in construction zones can also save you money because speeding fines are doubled in work zones. Help everybody stay safe. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I am joined in the studio by Scott Schmidt. He is the Sioux Falls Psych Coordinator for the new program at Dakota Wesleyan University. I'm not going to give it away yet what it is. Got to build the suspense a little bit, but Scott, first of all, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, before we talk about the new program, let's talk about the mission and just some background about Dakota Wesleyan. Dakota Wesleyan was founded in 1885 um, in Mitchell, South Dakota, by the Dakota Conference of the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been in Mitchell for a long time, been kind of a staple of Mitchell. Um, and its focus is kind of learning leadership, faith, service. Uh, and also part of the mission is um, delivering education and creating educational avenues and opportunities, not only for Mitchell, but uh, the surrounding communities and regions. So hence, you know, this is part, uh, the Learn and Earn program is part of that mission. See, you already gave it away, the Learn and Earn program. Yeah, I, I had to give it away <laughs> quick. I'm just so excited. <laughs> now, and the top majors and minors at DWU. Right now, uh, number one, as far as like enrollment is business administration then education, then nursing. Our, our top three in enrollment, uh, we also have a great athletic training program. Mm-hmm. And then minors, I think one thing that Dakota Wesleyan prides itself in regards to minors is we have a, a v- large group of mm-hmm. opportunities. So you can minor in theater, wildlife management, science, biology, accounting, uh, so that we have a an array of opportunities yeah. for you at Dakota Wesleyan. And a strong athletic program, extracurriculars on top of that, yeah? Yeah, we have band, we have choir, chorus, uh, and then sports in general are very mm-hmm. strong at Dakota Wesleyan. Our women's basketball program just won a national championship a few years ago. Hey, yeah! mentioned about that oh, yeah. my alumni you knocked my team out and in the what final is, four what is your alumni saint xavier university oh yeah and i, I was at that game a little bit of rivalry here a then little, yeah. i had to throw that in there little, yeah. little bit of rivalry <laughs> right there but like you said you're located in mitchell that's about an hour and 20 minutes from sioux falls yeah. but the new learn and earn program
program. That is why you're here, and it's being brought to not only Sioux Falls, but in Pierre as well. So, Scott, tell us about this exciting new program. It is one of the most unique things that I have ever seen in higher education. So what the Learn and Earn program is is a 16-month associate's degree in business administration that has a 12-month paid internship that's implemented into this process the last 12 months. So the first four months of this program will be heavily uh, ingrained in workforce professionalism. Um, So your uh, communication skills, Mm -hmm. conflict management resolution, professional dress, professional email etiquette, that kind of stuff. Then you will go into the workforce after resume, cover letter, interviewing skills, that type of stuff. Probably the most unique thing about this is all simulation-based education. Oh, wow. All comprehension-based. So it is all role plays, case studies, uh, not your traditional textbooks, not your traditional tests. Uh, And comprehension-based means that we will not test you, and if you fail a test, you're not moving forward. We will work with you to gain that skill set of that particular topic, and until you're sufficient in that, we will not move on. So uh, a little bit different format than traditional education. And then as you move into the workforce, we implement a professional development coach. So that professional development coach will act as a mentor, Uh, academic advisor as well as a liaison from workforce and industry partner back to the education site so how i explain that to people is if scott schmidt is struggling at microsoft excel in the workplace (laughs) we can work with that professional development coach site supervisor and uh, student to implement you know microsoft excel into the educational side of things so uh, a lot of moving parts but uh, high contact um high levels of support Mm -hmm. um, and something that's a little bit more unique, more interactive that really gives you real world work experience, obviously at your industry site, Mm -hmm. but also in the educational setting. So when you show up every morning, it won't be a traditional classroom either. You will have your own little workspace and then the days kind of, kind of flows from there. So digital check-in in the morning, all through throughout the entire day. Who came up with this program? Why, why bring this idea to DWU? It was, it was the brainchild of President Novak and our provost, Dr. Wright, mm. uh, along with the associate provost, Alicia Vincent. Um, it, was, it was their idea, and then with the involvement of several faculty and community members, we ran, um, in the educational world, what was called a sprint. So... Uh, <laughs> hard to explain but you just get input from a lot of people of what industry partners are needing for skill sets mm-hmm. that are missing from traditional graduates right now and what's unique and what can be worked out with um, you know curriculum based education that kind of stuff so it started there the need um, in regards to education was just access to education mm. um, not everybody is ready and willing to go the traditional four-year route right now at a brick and mortar school mm-hmm. um, living in the dorms that kind of stuff along with um, there were some studies that were done not just with dakota wesleyan graduates but nationally uh, globally of skill sets that are that are missing upon higher education graduates entering the workforce so this program truly is a grassroots workforce development program. Mm-hmm. But there were some uh, key community members that were saying these are the skill set gaps that we have when 
hiring new employees and this is what we have to train them on and we can kind of take the burden off some of the workplaces with implementing that life coach and and working that first year with an internship. You know, it's funny that you bring that up about how these are the skill sets that kids need in order to get into the workforce. We were talking about this the other day, me and some fellow co-workers, about what we didn't learn in high school and in college that we wish that we did learn. And one of those is creating a cover letter letter and a resume, along with maybe what type of health insurance that you should get and whatnot, because those are life skills that you really need. So is this program geared towards those types of kids or even adults? It is geared towards, I want to say everybody, Everybody. right? But (laughs) you have your students leaving high school that maybe the four-year route isn't for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are expected to stay and work, help out and support the family. It's geared towards those students. It's geared towards students that maybe went to a four-year education and left. It's geared towards... Uh, people that maybe got an education, maybe didn't, but are right now currently underemployed, aren't being paid at the rate that they should based on their education and um, experiences. So it's you know similar to how many minors that Dakota Wesleyan offers. <laughs> it is a broad range. I mean, our target market isn't a specific person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very broad, but it has the opportunity to help somebody better themselves in a short period of time and for a reasonable cost. If you are just listening, Scott Schmidt, he is with Dakota Wesleyan University. He is the new Sioux Falls site coordinator for the Learn and Earn program. So why bring this to life now? You know, what is the benefit of this program? We've already talked about the benefit, but why now? I think with President Novak's um, vision, Uh, has always kind of been access to education. Mm -hmm. So um, what areas need the most workforce development? What areas can we help promote our mission along with giving access to education? So I I think this program was in the works for a couple of years with those sprints we talked about, Mm -hmm. getting faculty and community engagement and feedback of our graduates and other graduates from studies. Um, So that's how this kind of came about. and it was just, you know, I, I don't want to say a better time during COVID. We didn't plan yeah. to, to implement this and throw this out during COVID. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think there's a, an opportunity to, to fill a gap right now for workforce development, for education. If so. anyone isn't aware, 2020 was weird because of COVID. You said that yourself. Now, classes, they were moved to online. There really wasn't any in-person learning anywhere in the in the world or in the country. And teachers and students had to adjust to these new learning and, te- and teaching methods. Now, how did this go for DWU, this new transition into the new normal of teaching? On our campus, it went <laughs> it went great, honestly. I mean, I think we have uh, great leadership on our campus. Our professors, faculty, students handled it with grace, mm-hmm. handled it with resiliency. There's obviously more frustration because there's not as high of touch when you're logging into a virtual class compared to face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, from everything that I've experienced and, and saw on campus, I mean, it was it was handled with, with grace and empathy and everything else you want to say it went as smooth as it could for the situation we were given 
you probably never thought that you would be in a pandemic dealing with students in college or even working at a college going, okay, now what? (laughs) This is all in person what I do. So how is this going to change for me? Yeah, it, it was challenging. I mean, you're you're used to building those relationships with students. Mm-hmm. You're used to having the one-on-ones, knowing about what's going on in their life. And I feel people have uh, people open up more when you have that face-to-face mm-hmm. interaction. You really get to know them. You can sit down on a cup of coffee instead. <laughs> you're like, hey, do you want to meet via Zoom with a cup of coffee and we can talk about things? Uh, so it was it was definitely. Um, tough transition, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was just a matter of how intentional you were about keeping that outreach with your students. And And how did those students react? They did great. You know, (laughs) I mean, I think it's with, as with everything, it was just a challenge. It was, you know, specifically freshmen and younger kids, you were so excited to go off to college and, you know, spread your wings, and then something like this happens to where you're, you know, I don't know whether you're moving back home or just in the dorms, or you know, you test positive or negative or whatever it was, and you're quarantined. It was just a, a lot of people stepped up on Dakota Wesleyan's campus to keep that um, high volume of outreach and support for the students. Because uh, as as a young man or woman you don't know what what's going on when you go off to campus you're like what's going on like i just want to go to school and have fun with my friends so um, keeping avenues for communication open was key but and you already said this too at the beginning obviously you didn't plan to have learn and learn and learn and earn happen during the start of this pandemic so was this program affected in any way by covid we were planning on launching the peer microsite campus in the fall of 2020 so that did get moved back um, and then you know there's there's plans to to potentially expand beyond mm-hmm. so peer was delayed about a year and then within that year we decided okay sioux falls and that was after meeting with community members industry partners in sioux falls saying how can we help in regards to not not only access to education, but then specifically workforce development with all the expansions that Sioux Falls is seeing. So uh, with uh, regards to Sioux Falls, who were you working with? President Novak had uh, several relationships, and I think a lot of them were through Methodist Church Mm -hmm. and alumni. I know that we've worked with Denise Gazetta, the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Um, But a majority of those early conversations were with President Novak um, and and different connections she has into the community and state. Um, Myself personally was with Denise Gazetta. So Mm -hmm. why bring learn and earn to Sioux Falls and Pierre? I think it was just through the the regional partnerships that we have created from Dakota Wesleyan, uh, whether that's through alumni or just relationships of businesses that are in in multi-cities. But knowing the workforce demands that need to be met and knowing that there is a demand for a unique, innovative, Mm outside-of-the-box type education opportunity, uh, because we all know that the, the four-year, even sometimes two-year, just isn't for everybody. So it's not like uh, we're opening up a four-year school over here. This is this is very unique. It mm-hmm. has its niche in 16 months. Um, so you're going to go a fall, a spring, a summer, a fall. The last 12 months will be 
also implemented your, your internship. So just being able to meet demands, I would say, is uh, our biggest hurdle. Where will Learn and Earn be located in Sioux Falls and in Pierre? In Pierre, it'll be located inside the Capital City campus. In Sioux Falls, it'll be located downtown 114 South Main. So uh, just uh, right behind Wells Fargo and kind of kitty corner from Phillips Avenue Diner on hey, the second floor. You know, you can always grab a bite to eat yeah. for lunch, maybe in between classes. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. I Milk might be shakes. there a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If you are just listening, Scott Schmidt, he is the Sioux Falls site coordinator for the new Learn and Earn program at Dakota Wesleyan University. Now, we've already talked about a lot of the takeaways that people can get from this program. But in your opinion, what's the biggest takeaway? That students uh, and industry partners um, will receive a skilled employee and students will receive an opportunity at a simulation-based, innovative, outside-of-the-box educational opportunity uh, with an experience that's low-cost, that meets the needs and gets these students directly into the workforce, uh, which helps them move up the ladder Mm -hmm. in their career and also meets the needs of of workforce development and industry partners in Sioux Falls. What gets you excited about the program? We've been talking about why Dakota Wesleyan is so excited, but what about you? What gets me excited is I was one of those students that didn't learn the best from traditional textbooks. Uh, Reading a chapter, retaining that information and taking a test was not really my forte. So when I got into teaching, I was more, let's get into the role play, let's get into this, and I saw how that sparked kids' interest. Mm -hmm. So I know that there is a niche for this type of um, curriculum development and simulation-based, comprehension-based education. So biggest thing for me is, is seeing potential students come in and see them grow as they progress through specified skill sets that industry partners need and seeing them engage in a different way that's potentially never been brought to the table at their other educational experiences. Do you kind of wish that there was a program like this when you were going to school? It's because I'm the same way. I didn't like taking tests. I didn't like reading here and there and whatnot. I was was blessed with the opportunity to participate in sports in college. Uh, This does not offer that pathway, Mm -hmm. but I do wish that some of my classes were more simulation-based, get me up off my feet, because I had a tough time sitting still. I still do, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... I can see myself going for this type of education if it had been offered at that time. So if anyone who is struggling with the idea of going to a, to a traditional college, because it's not for them necessarily, why would you tell that student or even that adult to be a part of the Learn and Earn program? You will have um, high contact, heavy support from staff members, from your professional development coach, from myself as, as the site supervisor and professor on site along with your site supervisor at your industry and your job, there is, I shouldn't say no option for failure, but with the comprehension-based opportunity, you will gain skill sets that might have been passed over in another possible experience. So I, I think the options and the opportunities are, are endless as you move forward from this. 
and hopefully gaining skill sets that will, will help you move up in the workforce. Scott Schmidt, he is the Sioux Falls site coordinator for Learn and Earn at Dakota Wesleyan University. Now, Scott, when do these locations plan to open up? Because it was affected by the pandemic, like you said. So when can people start to really go in depth with this new program? Our campus in Sioux Falls will open um, end of June, early July classes for this particular program will start in august of 21 so if you're looking at enrolling if you're looking at applying if you're looking at any sort of extra inquiry need some information you have a few months yet to contact us um, whether that's via email via phone number website um, we'll be here what is as that? close to 24-7 as possible. <laughs> as close to 24-7. Yeah. What is that website and phone number? The website for uh, information specific to Learn and Earn is dw.edu forward slash learn and earn. The number you can call for our admissions office is 605-995-2650. And if you would like to email us, the email is admissions at dw.edu so a-d-m-i-s-s-i-o-n-s at dw.edu all right awesome scott schmidt with dakota wesleyan university thanks for meeting with me scott hopefully won't be on the basketball court thanks so much for having me and i hope our our basketball rivalry you know stays intact i'm christine manica and you've been listening to sunday focus i'd like to thank scott schmidt from dakota wesleyan university for joining me on the program today along with brooke coima from hope haven once again if you are interested in the new learn and earn program at dwu you can always call them at 605-995-2656 you can also find them at dwu.edu you slash earn and learn same with hope haven if you have any questions about their organization you can always check out their website as well join us again next week for another edition of sunday focus